Hello and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is the podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. So let's remind ourselves to always be everyday Christians. We want to express our appreciation to the Scattered Abroad Network for including this podcast in their list of of many podcasts that you can choose from. And uh, we are certainly thankful to be in this, our third season with the Scattered Abroad Network. We also want to express appreciation to the elders of the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee, for overseeing this work. We're actually recording this episode in Pulaski, uh, as we have been also recording our joint podcast for this year, of the Scattered Abroad Joint Podcast, and we have greatly enjoyed that, and uh, using this as an opportunity to get some of of my recordings done for the Everyday Christian Podcast. We've got with us today Daniel Webster, and uh, he worships with the Mabelvale Church of Christ in the Little Rock, Arkansas area, is that right? That's right. Mm -hmm. All right, and uh, he is going to help us with a little topic called social media, Mm -hmm. so Certainly a hefty topic for us to discuss today. Yeah, man, a, real, a very, very real life one. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's just one we all deal with, you know. For all sure. Focus on and figure out how we're going to handle it. For sure. Uh, Daniel does the uh, Bible Storming podcast with the Scattered Abroad Network. He does a very good job. He t- he covers a lot of in depth topics. Definitely something to uh, pique your interest and to to think about uh, as as he covers various topics about God and and so on and so forth. And uh, Daniel, would you like to kind of introduce yourself a little bit more before we get into the topic of social media? Sure, yeah. Well, like you said, I live in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, work there as an associate slash youth minister with the Mabelvale Congregation. Um, love that. They treat me better than um, better than I deserve, for sure, especially as an Alabama fan in the midst of a bunch <laughs> of Razorback fans. So, right. You know, sometimes it's just it's a hard-knock life, you know, yeah. to put up with some Hog calls and whatnot. But <laughs> Big <laughs> no, suey, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I heard I hear that too much. <laughs> right. But no, I love it over there. Um, grew up in Alabama, lived there. I, that's how I turned out to you know, be an Alabama fan. So I lived there until I moved to Memphis to go to the Memphis School of Preaching and graduated from there in 2020, last year at the time we're recording this. And then I should, by the time this, this goes live, have a, a bachelor's degree from Ambridge University. Very nice. And then, um, I'm also in the master's program at Bear Valley Institute and um, enrolling in the master's program in Ambridge as well. So, so what you're saying is you're very busy. Yeah, I, I'm hanging on to life right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm, I'm sure you're doing well. And uh, the reason I asked Daniel to do this particular podcast is because I actually heard him speak at Polishing the Pulpit Spark in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, at the time of recording, uh, a month or so ago, and he did an outstanding job on this particular subject. This is a subject that's really relevant for people our age, uh, perhaps a little older than us, a little younger as well. But our lives have really, and, and society has really changed drastically ever since social media was introduced. And like it, love it or not, uh, it's kind of there, and, and we have to deal with it as Christians. And so I appreciate a lot of the things that Daniel brought up in talking about this subject. So I'm really going to kind of, for the most part, turn it over to him and let him take over the Everyday Christian podcast this week <laughs> to <laughs> to discuss this because he, he really did an outstanding job and he had a lot to cover uh, in this particular subject. So 
man, <laughs> I didn't cover nearly <laughs> all of them. Right, that, that right. I remember that. Time, yeah. I remember that when we were there. So your 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 subject title, if I'm not mistaken, was the gods on the other side. Is that right? Uh huh. Can you kind of explain where you're going with that? And this was uh the the spark that I went to in St. Louis was dealing with um, the book of Joshua. And so that's where it comes from. So kind of explain what you mean by the gods on the other side. Yeah, so that came from Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, where Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right? That's the, the famous part of that, that verse, but that's not actually the whole verse. Right. He says, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So, if you caught that phrase, kind of right in the middle, the gods in the region beyond the river, the gods of the other side. So that's where the title comes from, the gods on the other side. So the, the idea is choosing which we will serve, because God, or whether it's a false idol, which social media is for many, school, sports, family, friends, etc. We have so many false idols in the world. But we all serve something. So we have to choose deliberately what we will serve. And most people don't choose God. Um, even if they say that they are Christians, most people don't choose God because it's a very, very deliberate and very intentional and, and difficult lifelong process. So the gods on the other side is just the idea of which gods are we going, going to choose. So my thought process when, when I was thinking on that topic was, I think for a lot of people, and this was a teen class meant for teens, mm-hmm. so I think for a lot of people, and especially younger people, the most lethal gods to to us are not just like really big gods out in the world type thing, um, but really they're the gods that we see in the mirror and the gods that we have in our pockets that we carry around. Right. That is on our phones. And really for me, that took, took life in social media mm-hmm. and how we, we make our true idols are ourselves. And then that shows itself, it reveals itself in how right. we on social media. You kind of opened up that lesson talking about selfies, right? Yeah. And yeah. our society is really a selfie society now. Sure, yeah. And we're, we're obsessed with ourselves. Yeah. And, and there's nothing inherently wrong with taking a selfie. Like, it's not, right. you know, sinful to take a selfie or whatever. The problem is, is if that is a symptom of a heart problem that I have. Right. Where I am the center of my life. And I, so I have to be the center of every picture. And I have to post pictures of me constantly. So it's not necessarily like there are just a whole lot of things that are in and of themselves not sinful, but they can become sinful because of how I use them, right? They can become sinful if they reveal something that's that's sinful in my heart, which is really where the Christian battleground is, is you know, that's, right. where, that's where our fight is, is in the heart. Yeah, you introduced me to a new concept I had never heard of. I'm 31. You're 20? 21. 21. Okay, so I'm 10 years older than you. Right. <laughs> and uh, you talked about, and all the people in there, you know, younger than me, I was one of the older ones in the room. Uh, they all knew exactly what you're talking about. It's the concept of snap eats first. Oh, yes. W- what in the world does that mean? And and explain how that pertains to what we're talking about here. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let me go in reverse order. So the reason it pertains um, to <laughs> yeah. what we're talking about right. is, is because uh, it, it's kind of emblematic of how the social media phenomenon has encapsulated just about everything in our society, just right. taking it over. So the phrase snap eats first is <laughs> is a phrase that young people use a lot. Um, it just mainly just as a, as a joke, just right. you know, a little laugh. Um, so basically what it is, is, and you, you might, might have experienced, even if you don't know the phrase, you might have experienced it, where you are, um, you're going to supper or to lunch, whatever, at a restaurant with a group of friends. You might be having just a lively conversation, having a good time. Well, then the food comes. 
And for a couple minutes, just silence at the table, right? And it's not because everybody's eating. I mean, that's what I'm doing. You know, personally, right. I'm just chowing down. Right. Um, but in this case, it's it's not because everybody's eating. It's because everybody's taking their phone out and they're taking a picture of the food before they eat it, right? And we've all seen it. We probably, most of us have done it. Right. A picture of our food. Guilty. Before we eat it. Right. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> um, but that's Snap Eats first. Snapchat. Snapchat right. Is, is what it means in this case. Uh, if you don't know, that it's basically a photo-based um, social media platform. Right. Snapchat eats first. So before I eat my food, before I consume my food, this picture consumes it. This picture uh, takes care of it. So, and the driving force behind that is... Social that, media. Well, it's right. about my life is is about me, and you should care about right. that. Right. <laughs> Bragging, basically, about right, our right. lives for others to see. And, right. And most people really don't care if, yeah. we, if we have to admit it. You know? Yeah. No, I, I do not care if you ate McDonald's. <laughs> right. Now, if you ate Raisin Cane's, I do care because it's too good. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> McDonald's, no. <laughs> right, right. Now, I want to transition to something else you talked about, and that was we used to be a word-centered society and now we are an image centered society and with what yeah. we just talked about we're kind of transitioning into that but can you kind of explain that a little bit sure so this is kind of a, a sociological study where if you go throughout human history and, and throughout most of human history we have not been an image centered society and especially when it comes to our self image we haven't been really obsessed with that quite to the extent that we are today for sure so if you just go back in American society to its to its genesis, historians and sociologists tell us that we would not have recognized the first fifteen presidents of the United States of America if they had just like walked if they were the current president and they just walked maybe into our church building, down our street, whatever, we wouldn't have recognized them. Like and the thing is if, if one of them did so today, like if George Washington walked into our church building today, we would recognize him, you know, like right. even just from seeing pictures of him. But for them, they didn't think of people, and that's it. Like, and the same was true of other um, cultural leaders, cultural, um, just the, the important people of society. They, they didn't know what they looked like. To judge people, to know these people, was to know their arguments, to judge their positions on things. So they were evaluated by how logical their arguments were, by how effective they were, and by the impact that they had on society. And not, um, not like the Kardashians, where they're famous pretty much only because they're, you know, beautiful people. That's right. That's about it. So it's it's changed from there. If you fast forward to our society, there are, there are so many nuances to this conversation. But just to on a broad level, if you fast forward to our society, I mean, we know what everybody looks like. You know, like I know what people look like who I've never met. Right? I can see them in person. I mean, when we met, I knew who you looked like mm-hmm. before we met at PTP Spark for the first time in real right. life. And I knew, I mean, I knew who you were when I saw you, right? right. Like, because I'd seen pictures of you. Yeah. I'm sure vice versa. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's how our society is. We're a very image-centered society. Yeah. And uh, do you think that's, do you think it is better now or back then? Image-centered or word-centered or is it neutral? What do you think? I think for the most part, it's neutral for the most part. But I think with an image-centered society comes some dangers that are maybe greater than dangers in a word-centered society. Because, for instance, we talked um, in, that, in that study in, in, in St. Louis, we talked about how, um, and you might have been going to bring this up in a minute, so I'm sorry, I'm jumping That's okay. Um, but one example I gave was that I can go to 
Hawaii and post a, post a picture of me in Hawaii holding a surfboard on a beach. And I can be smiling, you know, look, look like I have the time of my life. Well, I can take that picture and then let's say that's my first day in Hawaii. And I just take that picture when I get to the beach. Well, then I hop into the waves. I start surfing, um, you know, doing, doing my thing, having a good time. Well, then so let's say I get thrown off and I hit my, my wrist really hard on a reef below the surface of the water and I break my wrist. Well, then let's say I go to the hospital and while I'm in the hospital, I actually catch COVID. And so <laughs> then I'm stuck in this hospital room, right? right? Or hopefully COVID is a thing of the past by the time yeah. it stares, but who knows, you know, how it's, how it's been going. It's slowly resuming at this point um, as we record this. But anyway, let's say, I, you know, I catch COVID. So this was the first day of my vacation. I take this one picture and the thing is I, I can post this picture and you can see it and you can think that I had just the best time, of, you know, I had the time of my life. I could put a cute caption on it, make sure in the, in the, Location it, it says Honolulu, Hawaii, or wherever I am, you know, just to make sure you know where I'm at. Right. And so I can I can post that, and you, I get it will accomplish what I want it to accomplish. You will be impressed by me. I will be built up in your mind. You will think that I'm having the time of my life. When in reality, I spent my entire two week vacation in a twelve by twelve hospital room. Right. That I got to got by a, a very expensive plane ticket. Right. Yep. Just watching Andy Griffith reruns. Right. So, <laughs> so the thing is with an imitator culture like ours, we can take moments. The very point of a photograph is to take a moment and to is to, and to take it out of its original context and present it in another one. So I can take a picture of the room where we are right now as we're recording, and I can take that image and show it to whoever, wherever, whenever, right? So I'm taking that image and I'm taking it out of its original context. It's very easy to do that with images because that's what they were meant for. That's what the Louis Daguerre, who was the inventor of the photograph, that was his uh, actual, that was his marketing tactic. He said, "With my invention, I'm giving you the power to reproduce nature whenever you want. I can take this moment and relive it forever." So that's really the point of images. That's the power behind it. That's the allure behind it. But with that allure, with that power, comes great temptation, where I start to live my life through the lens of a camera. Mm-hmm. and through the lens of how other people view the images that I take with that camera. So that's how we see this, this epidemic of so many people, old and young, but probably especially affecting young people, of they judge their worth based on how many likes their, their posts get. Right. They, they judge their worth based on how many people call them beautiful in the comments. And it's just the most unhealthy way to find your worth. And so I think that's, that's a grave danger of a social media and image-centered society like ours is. Right. Our lives become this mirage yeah. that is inflated greatly mm-hmm. on yeah. on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all this. Yeah. But you don't see what's real mm-hmm. about our lives. You just yeah. see the highlights. And we, and we shouldn't pretend like that's just a, just a modern phenomenon, right? I'm right. Way back in Matthew 23, hypocrites, right? right. You're, you're presenting something and you actually are something else. And, and we've been doing it in the church for a long time. Oh, yeah. People present an image of themselves. You know, we, we wear our best clothes. We get all pretty together for worship service. Nothing, not, you know, not speaking into the whether it's right or wrong to, to dress up. Right. Uh, but just just an, an observation of we, we present our best selves to each other. And then we wonder why people feel hesitant to let people into their dark sides. To why, why we feel hesitant to be real with each other, be honest with each other about our struggles. 
Uh, and then you find out, you know, well, this couple just got divorced and you've known them for 20 years. You thought they were the happiest couple ever. Right. And, you know, it's just because you saw the best side of them. Why did James have to come right out and say, confess your faults to one another yeah. and pray for one another that you may be healed? The yeah. effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much in right. James chapter 5. Why do you have to say that? Because we have a tendency to want to hide right. all of those faults and only show yeah. the best of ourselves to others. I want you, like, I don't want you to see my hair when I wake up in the morning. Right. It's just everywhere. I want you to see it when I've washed it and if I feel like comb it. <laughs> like, right. You know, that kind of thing. I want you to see me at my best. And that's a natural human instinct. And it's one that that's I, I, I'm sure has plugged humanity throughout time. But I think with social media, it really has multiplied that temptation yes. and just made it to where it's it's all-consuming for a lot of people because they live their lives through that medium, through that right. screen. We've got not everybody, but we've got large swaths of generations now that are becoming more and more narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and when they don't have things exactly like they want them, based on what they're seeing on social media, they become depressed. Mm-hmm. And, and why can't I take nine months off of work this year and rent an RV and go see the entire country? Why can't I do that like my favorite YouTube star? Mm-hmm. Well, your favorite YouTube star got a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. opportunity, mm-hmm. and... Not very many people can do that, but we we look to things like that, and and it depresses us, and we we ask, why can't I do that? Well, that's that's very abnormal. It, it doesn't ha- yeah. happen very often, but we we see all these reality shows. Just going back, kind of before the period of social media, even we see reality shows, and it's the same phenomenon. And we're like, well, why can't I go uh, live on an island for? Uh, three months to try to win a million dollars, you know? I keep up with the Kardashians. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. And so there's this there's this allure to try to look like and be like everybody else that we're seeing yeah. uh, on social media or reality TV, etc., but we forget it's a mirage. Yeah. And even, and even, let's just hypothetically say that everyone who posts these amazing moments on social media, everyone who portrays these, these fabulous lives, on reality TV shows. Let's just say that everyone, or at least some of them, it's not a mirage, and it really is how they live their lives. Well, I think we should still say there's a better way to live. Right. There's a a higher way to live, a way that's more rewarding in so many ways than that that pursuit of worldly pleasures could ever possibly be. I mean, I think of Moses. He was 11, 25. He chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. There's a higher way to live. When you think about it, so God put us here. Probably just about everybody who listens to this would agree with that. And if you don't, then, you know, we want to, we want to dialogue about that. I check out my podcast. I talk about apologetic stuff a lot. This is something I'm very passionate about. But anyway, if you're listening to this, you probably think God put us here. And you probably think that God put us here for a reason. Well, if we would say that God is all-loving and that God is all-knowing and that he did put us here for a reason, I think we can safely say that that reason is the best reason we could possibly be here, right? Right. If he's all-knowing, so he knows all the possible ways that we could live our lives. If he's all-loving, so he wants what's best for us, and he put us here for a purpose, then that purpose necessarily is the best one we could possibly have. So whatever God's purpose is for our lives must be the best one, right? So if we compare what the YouTube stars, the the lives of, of many of the YouTube stars or social media influencers or uh, reality TV, reality TV show stars, those kind of people. And we don't want to overgeneralize, but 
just for the sake of illustration and thinking through this, if, we're, if we take their lives and compare it to the pattern given to us in the New Testament of how Christians should live, how Christians should want to live, and how a person was designed to live, I think we see a really a great discrepancy. And just a big gap in how they live and how we were designed to live. And if we were designed to live a certain way, then I don't think this should be the, the barometer by which we judge whether it's right or wrong. But I do think we can say that if we were designed to live that way, then that way is going to make us the most fulfilled, the most satisfied, the most happy of any way that we could possibly live. And that is living God's way. Right. Just like Moses chose to, like he talked about in Hebrews chapter 11. Are there any other scriptural principles that we need to keep in mind for, for uh, social media? And Because we're... I made a point. I, I preached a lot of the points that you preached in in St. Louis. Uh, I came back a week or two later and preached a lot of those same <laughs> points. And I gave you credit, of course. But oh. but uh, one of the things I mentioned on there was I'm not my dad as it pertains to social media yet. I'm not just completely yeah. against it. Right. <laughs> but that said, there are definitely some things we need to warn yeah. about our use of social media. So what are some scriptural principles that we can look at to make sure that when we do use social media, we use it properly? Man, I, for me, I always find myself going back to the most basic moral principles of who we are and why we are and what we are as Christians. So for me, that starts with the thought of Galatians 2 verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. I'm not alive anymore, right? It's Jesus who's living in me. And then Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If then you've been raised with Christ, like harking back to Romans 6 in a lot of ways where we die with Christ in baptism, right? Buried with him in baptism. Raised up to walk in his life. So if then you've been raised with Christ, see the things that are above, where Christ is, sitting at right. the right hand of God. That's just consistent with that action. Then he says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things on the earth. Now that one is, that's a very pertinent verse for social media. Because I can, it's, it's, social media is designed to be addictive, right? Mm-hmm. It's designed to take my time and to monopolize it and to where I, I live my life on this screen and, and on this, this app. So anyway, uh, he says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And then he says, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And then, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So to me, like, that is the number one, like, most relevant principle to my life, is mm-hmm. that I'm dead. You know, it's it's not me who's living anymore. And obviously, we have this, this daily struggle, and we have to, we have to embrace this tension of, li- I mean, literally, I'm still alive. <laughs> right. The old man of sin still knocks at the door, you know, he's trying to... to Come out of the grave, as it were. And, and that's a daily struggle we all face. But Luke 9.23, we have to take up our cross daily. We right. have to, every day, decide that that old man of sin is not who I am anymore. Right. And that if I if I take that and I put in the effort to study God's Word, think diligently about what He wants for my life, and then apply that and apply what I learned from the Bible and what I'm studying, trying to... Trying to, to grow in my knowledge of what he wants in my life, if I apply those principles, then I, I think that one that one principle, the foundation of it all, is I'm dead. I want to be who God wants me to be. And if you look at like throughout the rest of the New Testament, really, and and this is kind of uh, we probably won't time to talk about this, but my personal opinion from from the text is that if we were to sum it all up in one in one phrase. The purpose of our lives is to be like Jesus. I think that's the purpose of our lives. And there are, there's, there are a lot of reasons for that um, that maybe we can get into some, some other time. But I think the purpose of our lives is to be like Jesus. So with that thought, how would Jesus act on social media? 
I think Jesus would love people like they had never been loved before. And he would do that in every area of his life, including social media. So I think he would probably post different things than most people post. I think he would probably comment different things than most people comment. He might follow and like and share different things than most people, even Christians, even preachers, like and share and, um, and follow. So I think that's, that's the overriding principle of really everything Jesus was about. It's true love, where he wants what's best for everybody else. Well then, not, not Jesus would not only love, he also would be careful, I think, about what he posted. He would be kind in everything he said. Um, but also, when it called for it, he would be firm in what mm-hmm. he said. And sometimes we have, to, we have to be firm in what we say, but we always must be kind in what we say. Because everything, I mean, everything goes back to love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the motivating factor behind everything he did including the firm words, but also behind the, the kindness that he displayed and everything that he, did, that he did, even his most violent, passionate moments where he's overturning the tables in the temple. That's a holy outrage, right? I mean, it's, it's a right. very passionate moment, but love motivated it yeah. because those people were in the wrong and they were in trouble. They were in God's house using it for their own purposes. And so Jesus came in and, and he did what he had to do out of love. But I think we can safely say that Whatever Jesus would do on social media, it would be out of love, not for himself, but for God, and therefore for others. Right, right. I, I think also he would definitely emphasize the mindset of Philippians 4.8. Oh, yes. Whatever yes. things are true, whatever things are noble, just, pure, lovely, things of good report, any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. Definitely. If he had a social media account, those would be the kinds of things that he would have on his social yeah. media yeah. yeah so. Well, Daniel, I appreciate you for joining us for the, the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I am glad to be here in Pulaski with you and the rest of the guys, and we've had a good time, and uh, we've gotten some great content while we're here for uh, my podcast as well. So certainly thank you and for everything that you do for the network. And uh, if you don't know, Daniel has designed a lot of uh, the, the logos and uh, website, a bunch of stuff that behind the scenes that's very important for our network. So I certainly appreciate you, Daniel, for all that. Yeah, I appreciate you and all the doing. All right. Well, join us next week for the Everyday Christian Podcast. And Lord willing, we'll have another topic uh, to dive deep down into for our study. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network. And we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network. And we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and... We have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, and please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.